0: People love to shop, but they don't love to be sold to. And this creates an interesting problem for us because we want to encourage as many people to buy as possible. And them shopping, them buying is us selling. So how can we make people feel like they are shopping, they have chosen to buy, without making them feel like we are selling? You're listening to Acumen, the digital talk show where we discuss leadership, business and marketing. My name is Drew Wayne and I recorded this special bonus episode during lockdown. Now, when you think about it, to start off with an example, the ultimate win of salespeople who have shifted their their narrative and the way people view them to be, you know, the customer is shopping rather than the salesperson selling are personal shoppers. If you don't know what a personal shopper is, you get them in, you know, big fancy department stores. Essentially, customers can, higher spending customers can come and choose and ask for a personal shopper to help them. Now, the thing about going to buy clothes, going shopping is usually you are in complete control. Yes, there are in most shops sales assistants around to help you, offer you different sizes, help you find different things, advice. But in general, as you browse through a store, that you're not being sold you are in complete or we might think we'll come into this later but you think you're in complete control buying but at the most sort of expensive level you get these personal shoppers where people give away that control and what they're basically saying is i want someone to come and sell to me now some people will even pay for a personal shopper but often you go into the biggest department stores i don't know if you go into selfridges or uh, macy's bloomingdale's that sort of place a lot of personal shoppers, a lot of stores employ their personal shoppers and then they're free for the customers to use as long as you're spending enough money or some will have a nominal fee. But it's this idea of giving away that buying autonomy so that someone else is selling to you. But somehow they've created this narrative that what they're doing is they're shopping on your behalf and they're not selling. But what it really is, is just really, really good sales. Now, that's this is an example of sales, but this does also apply in marketing. People don't want to feel like your marketing is selling to them. They want to feel like they're choosing. And, and, you know, you can use your marketing to make them feel like they are buying, like they are the ones in control. And I'm going to give a few examples now of this kind of, of giving the feeling of power to the customer through your sales and through your marketing. And the first one with marketing to really understand is that without, Adverts and social media and websites—you need to be a bit counterintuitive. You need to be a bit patient. You see, the problem is many people will go and the, and what they'll post on social media, for example, will be here's our product, here's a discount, call us now to book. How many people have you ever seen respond to an advert on social media that says, you know, or post on social media that say? Call us now for an inquiry, and that 's all the sort of things they ever post this is what we 're offering this month. This is the new discount this month it doesn 't work because people aren 't interested in following in that and engaging with that, and they know they 're being sold to. However, when you build up in your social posts over time a series of interactions that people are you know intera- a series of posts that people are interacting with over time so you posted pictures of your product you posted related things you posted behind the scenes you posted all the things they could they get to know you they get to understand you they feel like they know you are reliable already when they want the product they are going to come and buy from you even though in reality you've been selling to them just over a much longer period of time and you might think but what if they never want my product well if you're doing that top of the funnel marketing really well you're not only suggesting to them your brand but you are suggesting to them the idea of the product so they might follow you because they think your you know your art is really unique and different and good and they just like looking at it but they would never consider buying it but they've seen it over so much time that eventually when they think i need to find a present for someone or i'm designing a new room in my house let's get some art what about this? They might not have thought about the art beforehand, but you've put it. In, you put the idea in front of them. And this also works with a lot of the content marketing approaches we use for things like blogging and SEO. So if you're writing blogs so that they show up on Google, they're not all going to be targeting your main product keywords. So using the example of my company, Magniv, um, not every blog we write is targeted to the words, Magnet photography, event magnets, magnets printed at weddings. Like we do some, we do actually quite a lot with that. But we'll also write blogs about music at weddings and planning events and entertainment ideas and show about other things and just talk in general. So that will show up when people aren't looking to buy our product but we'll be in front of them. And we won't then say, hey, we're going to jump in with this title and we're going to sneakily put our product in there. We're going to trick you in clickbait. We're going to make you come onto our website looking for your thing and then just give you our thing. We're going to invite them to our website to talk about what they want to talk about and then we're going to talk about that. We're going to use our expertise. And that way we are are putting ourselves in front of them. We are building a relationship with them. We're making them trust us. We're making them like us. We're making them remember us. So that when they feel like they are in the position of buying or when they start to consider our product, it's not that we've said to them, hey, buy our product. It's that we've said, hey, we're the guys who do this, but let's talk about what you want to talk about. So in your marketing, try and think less traditional commercial. You know, when television was introduced and advertising was brought to television um, over from the radios, they did it in very, very similar ways. Just like on the radio, someone would have, would have sat behind a microphone and recorded, they would put essentially a newsreader in front of a camera who would read out the ads. And that was the, the early stages of commercials on the television. Nowadays, we have you know, adverts which show so many things and you, you play the game of guess what this advert is for and what brand they're promoting. That is marketing in a way that's not too salesy. And that's what you want to try to achieve. Your websites have to be exactly the same. You've probably been on websites where there are pop-ups everywhere. Discount this, or alpha expiring there, code, whatever, And it drives you mad and you just want to have a look. And those old uh, approaches to building websites don't work as well as proving your brand, proving your quality, making people want you. As an example of that, they uh, take a print house um, who are always promoting products. They're always, you know, you buy from them once and they're always going to send you emails and letters and vouchers and suggestions and 24 hour only this. And then it's a special offer, but then you have to pay extra for postage. And you know, you've, we've all had experiences with companies like that where they just bombard you and try to make you buy and you feel like you're being sold to, so you don't want to, it just gets annoying. Contrast that to a company which you buy and then you maybe sign up to their newsletter or they send you emails. And those emails talk about um, how merchandising can help you reach a variety of different customers or how to calculate your ROI on merchandise. It doesn't say buy this product. It talks about the general concept of merchandise in marketing and in, in advertising rather than saying here is a mug you need to buy this mug here is a t-shirt buy this t-shirt here are business cards buy these business cards having spoken about the marketing side we can move slightly into the sales side and think how can we make our customers feel like they are buying and we are helping them buy but not that we are selling that we are that we are providing to their convenience and not our own interests when obviously we are serving our own interests that is the point of a sales team the first thing is to slow down. Slow down, build a relationship, be honest, be real, be human. I often send messages and say, hey, thanks for getting in touch. Let's chat. That's it. When someone's got in touch and they want to talk, you know, not here's my brochure and here's the thing and we can, we can do the deal and everything. Let's chat question I do really love for just starting a conversation is, uh, how did you find out about us? And here's why I like it. People are used to being asked the question, how did you find out about us? Because most people are asking for attribution. It's important for the sales and marketing team to work together to so ensure that we know that, um, you know, which marketing channels are working, what we should invest more into. And that's where the question comes from. However, because people are so used to being asked to, it, and it's not a question that takes them off guard, but it's also not a question that's selling them something. They're happy to answer it. It relaxes them. So, you know, rather than me using my business magnet, the weddings, as an example, rather than me just starting to talk when about someone's entire wedding plans when they've come to us to talk about our products, which is a bit too random, by asking them, how did you find out about us? we can start a conversation or often they'll say, oh, I saw you at such and such's wedding and I'll go, um, I'll think about it and I'll try and work out whose wedding that was. Oh yeah, and yeah, here that was really lovely. I, you know, that's so nice. How do you know them? And then we get into a conversation like that and we, we lower the barriers. Um, you, other cases... Yeah, I saw a social media post. Oh, great. Was that on Facebook? Yeah, you know, I'm a massive Facebook addict myself. And, uh, but it's really good to know who works for you and that, and that brought you to us. Just something to start the conversation with a question that won't shock your audience, won't, won't shock the person you're, you're trying to sell to, um, that isn't selling to them, that they put those defensive barriers up that we naturally put up whenever someone's trying to sell to us. Um, but it does help you move closer to your goal. And then, of course, as a side benefit, you have the attribution information, which is great. Another thing you can consider when we're talking slightly more higher level and therefore uh, personal and direct sales. So I'm talking maybe a CEO selling to another CEO, or a, uh, you know, a head of head of department selling to another head of department, it, equivalent quite higher levels where you maybe have already connected on LinkedIn. Uh, if not, you can connect on LinkedIn. You could find out a little bit about each other. Is ask about, ask them about stuff that isn't to do with the product or the business. Hey, I heard you guys had this piece of news. Not just congratulations on, 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 the, on the news, but, you know, ask them about it. How did that affect your department? Make, make them get into it. Make them get into the conversation with, with you a bit more and work your product into that. Oh, so you're, you're reacting to this change in the market like this. Is that why you came to us for the product? Ah, I understand. Okay, well, yeah, we can definitely uh, work that in somehow, and and that's actually really interesting because X, Y, and Z, and you're kind of you're mixing your sales pitch about the product into the person into the person themselves, which is what personal shoppers are doing when they help you choose clothes. You know, they're trying to understand what makes you feel comfortable, what you're looking for, and they say, "Let me find that thing that you want," rather than, "Hey, let me let me sell you my product." Um, another option is to flip it around if you do have that higher level perhaps a pre-existing relationship where you know someone is some something of an expert in a certain area so let's say let's say you're a martech company you're selling a a, service as a software package um, software as a service package uh, SaaS. if you're wondering um to 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 another business to another business that sells b2b you might ask them i know you guys deal with Um, this aspect of technology. And that's actually something I was wondering about recently. What would be your opinion on this? And suddenly you've asked your customer to sell to you almost. You've asked them to share a bit of their expertise. And again, it's a really good way of getting to lower their barriers. Talk about something they're comfortable with. Talk about something that's relevant. And it's not like you're just trying to randomly make conversation which doesn't necessarily fit. And in that way, you get to establish that relationship and bring the conversation around to your products in a personal way, in the way that they're looking for, in a way that defends their interests, not your sales product. There's one other thing that I think is worthy of mention here on the sales side, which actually comes into marketing as well. Now, this is something which a more experienced CEO or salesperson is going to you know and is, you're going to think why am I listening to this whereas it is targeted more to the, the younger, newer founders, first-time entrepreneurs, freelancers, business people, uh, sales people um, and also if you are a CEO or a senior sales manager make sure you're emphasizing this to your newer recruits, to the interns, to the first-time graduates and this is tailoring the sales pitch, choosing the features that you are going to stress. Now, imagine you have a product with maybe 20 aspects and advantages to it. Um, I was doing some sales previously for a co working company, and we had loads of different features which suited loads of different people. So, you know, private offices brought privacy and sound boot, and we had soundproof, soundproof photo boots, uh, not photo boots, this is business gaming stuff, soundproof phone booth, sorry, um, where people go to, to make one-to-one calls. We had open shared spaces, kitchens. Um, the locations were great. There were there was event space um, where people could host their own events and bring clients in, big meeting rooms. Um, and one thing I had when I was trying to help a new intern in sales uh, start off, really, start off giving tours, start off making their own pitches, was realising that you don't have to stress every single one of those features because most of the features won't be relevant to all of the audience. Each person is going to be attracted to one, two, three, maybe four features and the other 15, 16, either you're not going to mention at all or you're going to slip in the bottom somewhere. So for example, um, if you're selling, if, if a freelancer came into our to our space, we wouldn't spend time showing them the private offices. We would spend more time showing them the shared spaces, and we wouldn't talk to them so much about, you know, the the high standards of of security on the internet, which which the big banking startups needed. Um, we would talk to them about the social events and how easy it is to meet people because we knew that that is what relevant. That is what is relevant to them as a freelancer. The busy CEO isn't so necessarily worried about social events for him, but what we would say is we post a whole variety of social events, and we put all these things on for your employees, which is good employer branding for you. And you, you know, it's a perk for you to give to them, and it helps with your employee retention and satisfaction rates and all that sort of thing. So we're we spin we're firstly choosing and then secondly spinning the um, the features and the benefits of our business to the particular customer we are selling to and you can do that on landing pages that's why it's really important to have different landing pages for different adverts and different posts and not just send everyone to the home page because not everyone is going to be attracted to the same things you can do that by researching before you make your phone call who are you speaking to in the company what sort of company is it um, and what are, what are they interested in and you also have to listen and adapt you have to ask questions you have to find out if you 're right because the assumptions you make may be completely wrong. It may be that I speak to a freelancer about the shared spaces and the social events, and really, the reason that freelancer is coming to us is because actually they want an office they want their own private space outside of their house. so all the time that I spend speaking about um, the shared spaces is relevant to them, so you need to pick up you need to be attentive to the vibes that you 're getting from your prospect. Uh, in your sales. And as I say, as a senior sales leader, it's really important to remind and to teach younger, newer salespeople how to do this effectively, because it's very easy to just start listing. You know, I've picked up the phone um, and sometimes I just let salespeople talk to me. Um, usually I just, you know, I'm not interested. Thank you. Don't call me again. But sometimes if I've got the time, I'll let them talk and just, just, just to see what's out there. And I did this once quite recently and it was a, a sort of a magazine, a database, directory, all in one sort of bridal wedding advertising platform, you could say. Um, obviously, they make their money from companies like mine who they want to take adverts in the printed magazine and buy their database and buy access to their email lists and all that sort of stuff. And I picked up the phone and I actually have this all recorded because they called on the office line and. They just, the salesperson spoke at me for a 25-minute non-stop monologue, except for the very, very beginning. Hi, how are you? Is this drawing? Yes, great. I'm calling from this. Do you have a few minutes to talk? I kid you not, nigh on 25 minutes, she continued to speak. And the only interjections I gave was when there was a pause and I felt like I needed to keep it going because I couldn't be completely silent. So I'd go, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was it. I'd give that slight acknowledgement, and she would continue like a train that is not stopping. The new HS2 from, you know, all the way from north to south and back. Um, and there was there was no no attempts to really validate what what I found attractive. No questions. No, you know, there was that. Oh, so you with me? And I'm like, yeah. And that was it. With it, which doesn't give her any value. So it's really important to make sure that your younger salespeople do. Um, personalize the experience they're giving the customer, personalize the pitch they're giving, because that will make the customer feel like they are being, it should, and it helps make the customer feel like they are being helped rather than they are being sold to. Another approach which I love in the the software world, um, although it possibly can apply to others, is trials. Now, here's why. If you can, rather than just giving a product demo, give them a tr- straight out say here we'll set you up with a 14 day trial you can use the product uh, it's limited in these ways until it's paid. you know there's a watermark or whatever it might be but it's yours to test and play with and say in seven days halfway through that trial we'll we'll, we'll schedule a call for seven days time halfway through the trial so that you can have that demo one of our people one of our um, technicians rather than salespeople, because demos come from salespeople. But someone to help you with the trial is just a technician can come on, answer your questions, look at the features you want to explore more, and just explain them. And then you can come back to me as the salesperson afterwards. After that fourteen days, and we can talk about it more. And then what you're doing once you've let them do the trial is you've let them understand if they want to. You've let them make the make the decision independently and then you take on the role of someone who's going to help them personalize it someone who's going to help them make the most of it someone who's going to help guide them through it and making make sure they're using the product that you're the expert in in the best way possible and each of those things i just said was help them not sell to them because if you're giving a demo of your product you are selling it you are demonstrating how this works and saying this is why you should buy it whereas if you say here's a trial have a play with it do what you want you're not selling You're there to support and to help and to guide. And that's much more pleasant for everyone involved. So if if trials are something you can do, I definitely recommend it. So just to wrap it up, think of personal shoppers, how people are inviting salespeople to sell them stuff because they're not called salespeople, people they don't feel like they're being sold to and try to make your entire sales and marketing process a positive customer experience in which they don't feel like someone's trying to sell to them but obviously you need to sell to them so you want to make it feel like you want to make them feel like you are helping them you are guiding them you are sharing expertise you are looking out for their best interests rather than your own don't be sleazy while you do that don't be underhand be real be genuine and it will pay off. And that's the best way to generate sales, to generate revenue, make sales, close deals um, bigger and in the long run and much easier than being a hard salesperson. I hope this helps. Don't forget to leave a comment down below if you are listening on any of the social media platforms. Uh, subscribe, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and just about every other podcast platform that there is uh also on youtube this episode won't be on youtube Uh, only the videoed ones in the studio are and i'm doing this from home during a pandemic with no video um but you are welcome to connect with me on linkedin or instagram at draw.w so that you can send me your thoughts feedback and i'd love to hear what you have to say have a good evening